Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Sacramento, California. Welcome to the show, Brett Swartz. Victor, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Great to have you here. Now, Brett, you've been a past guest on the show, and it's been a little while since you've been on the show. A lot has changed since we spoke last. Uh, We've gone through a very hot market. There's obviously a lot of tax consequences from that. Before we dive into some of the details, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Yeah, I fell in love with real estate at a young age with my parents in the Bay Area, building houses and rentals and cash flow, uh, Mission San Jose, Fremont, Silicon Valley, and went away to college and had a chance to play basketball and scholarship and academic scholarship at a small private school, studied business as well. I had an opportunity to take an internship at a place called Marcus and Millichap mm-hmm. and learn from some of the best in the business for multifamily investing and 1031 exchanges. And But uh, it was hard though, because 2006 was, a, was pretty good and 2008 hit and things just you know were tough. And so we had to find a way to adjust our business model away from just the 1031 exchange. And so I went through a very tough window there where I was newly married, baby at home, you know, barely make, keeping the lights on because it's a 100% sink or swim type of commission job. And my clients are going through a lot too at that point. Some of them are losing half or all of their wealth over the next three years because they, partly because they had over leveraged, overpaid and had too much debt and not enough liquidity and diversification. And so I learned about a thing called a deferred sales trust and my career and my um, my purpose and calling for helping people create and preserve more wealth has never been the same. I started to implement the strategy just as a real estate broker in Sacramento. People laughed, people uh, thought it was too good to be true. People thought um, it'll never work or why hadn't they heard about it? And but I kept believing that it was like the Netflix to the Blockbuster 1031. And and as I continued to learn and from my mentors, my business partners, and start to implement and close deals, my business started began to grow. Fast forward, five kids now, um, and my wife and I married almost 13 years here in Sacramento, Roseville. And I just coach and train and teach people how to use the Deferred Sales Trust. And we just close deals for high net worth clients every week now, just about. And, uh, and we love it. We love giving people an ability to eliminate the 1031 exchange, to eliminate estate tax, to uh, be able to defer capital gains tax on crypto or business or primary homes or, you know, or, or investment real estate and be able to do what they want with their life. And that could be time freedom, location freedom, financial freedom. Um, that could be entrepreneurial freedom to start a new business venture. And so uh, we love solving problems and we love helping people exit well when, uh, when they're facing huge capital gains tax. One of the things that we talked about when we spoke about this the last time is the deferred sales trust is a is a very particular structure. Now, when, for example, if you're doing a 1031 exchange, that comes with a whole bunch of restrictions and uh, constraints on what you can do. So for example, if you're an investor in a new property, and you're trying to 1031 out of an existing uh, property, you've got to somehow be on title, you can't just buy shares in a in a in a syndication, you've got to be on title, which now means a tenant in common structure or something like that. Can you talk a little bit about some of the structural benefits of the deferred sales trust and maybe some how some of those problems might be solved? Yeah, the the beauty of the deferred sales trust is the characteristic is you're changing from ownership to a lender. 
In fact, the nature of the trust is you're lending the funds that you already received at closing in exchange for a promissory note. And it's by changing that characteristic that gives you the freedom and flexibility. And so, like you said, in a 1031 exchange, typically the whole entity must move and or you must trade, exchange your ownership in, into another ownership, which creates basically a linear path, right? There's kind of no deviation from that. And people try the drop and swaps and people try to do the tenant and commons. And, and a lot of the commercial real estate syndicators that we work with, it can be a big headache and or the deals aren't just aren't big enough to go through all of the brain damage. So most don't even don't even bother. And most don't even do exchanges, honestly. I maybe half and half on, on when they do go to sell, if they can find a property and if they can get, you know, 51% of the, of the investors to say yes. So a number of things, but the beauty of the deferred sales trust, and I'll give you an example. We just did a $13 million deal in San Diego for a developer of car washes. They bought the land for uh, you know about five hundred thousand, he used to do just a taco stand in Chula Vista. If you've ever been down there, sure have. And, but it was an excellent uh, high traffic area, and didn't have a great car wash. And a lot of people in in these communities, their uh, lower income communities, their cars is what they own, and that's what they take pride in. And it's not necessarily like the houses because they're renting a lot of them, right? And so car washes are big, and so they found a good niche you know, opportunity to build about a $4 million business car wash. And then they went to sell it and they sold it for about 13 million. Well, there's four partners and guess what? They're not in the business of doing a 1031 into another entity because they want to build car washes from 500,000 and then build it up. So the equal or greater value was a challenge, but also some of the partners wanted to separate, you know, one of them was ready just to retire. So he just paid his tax, but the other three wanted to do a deferred sales trust. And so we were able to set up individual trust for each of the partners who wanted to do it, not have to worry about equal greater value, a whole entity moving, and they can solve all of their risk tolerance, the diversification needs. They don't have to go into equal greater debt. And, uh, you know, they deferred millions of dollars of tax up to about 40% of their gain. And so they were, they were very happy because they were just planning on just paying the tax. And so they found us about 30 days before they closed. And so that's really important thing that the partners can separate seamless and it's more like a blue ocean flexible plan versus the 1031 that's very restrictive. Now with the deferred sales trust, uh, you, when you sell a property, uh, you can't just take the money into your own bank account. It's got to go in the hands of a trustee. Um, is that the same in the case of a DST as it would be with a 1031? It's a great analogy. In fact, that's our role, Capital Gains Tax Solutions. We're the third-party unrelated trustee, which, by the way, you have third-party unrelated qualified intermediaries. One way to think about it is a qualified intermediary doesn't pay interest on your money. We'll pay you interest on the money, right? Um, I mean, they might you might do some kind of interest split, but typically it's they're holding it for 180 days. That's how they make their money, right? They do the arbitrage on that. And so, in our scenario, yeah, you do have to, you know, you do give up some control, and we call it indirect control. You are their secured lender, right? And so, the funds never move without your approval or your signature, and the entity only does business with you. It's never commingled. So, you have all those protections in place, right, to make sure that you're feeling comfortable. Funds are typically invested. Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, some of the biggest companies in the world. They can be active or passive with whatever you want to kind of put it in as long as it's an investment or business purpose. Fascinating. So let's go through a very simple case study. Let's imagine for a moment that someone has sold a property. It has both um, an equity gain and it would have had some debt associated with it. Typically with a 1031, if you're doing a like-for-like exchange, you have to place the same equity and the same amount of debt into that new property. Um, Is that different with a deferred sales trust? 
Great question. And and so the most important thing to understand is kind of like a few few key facts, key, key numbers. So A, what's the sales price? B, what's the basis? C, what's the debt? Right. And really the adjusted basis. Those are kind of the, some of the right. key facts. So I'll give you an actual deal. We just closed. He closed one in Colorado. And this gentleman sold it for about $4 million. His name is Ron. He and his wife. They were doing an Airbnb apartment complex that used to be a regular apartment complex. And they're making great money. But they're just like, you know, this is a lot of work and a lot of management. And we'd like to just maybe, you know, you know, go more into the phase two of more retirement, more passive investing. The challenge was they had about a million dollars of debt and a zero basis. So they had what's called a $1 million mortgage over basis, which is not deferrable in, in the deferred sales trust. And so in that scenario, what we did was a partial Delaware 1031 exchange, I call it Delaware Statutory Trust, to replace the debt over basis. And we call the, we use, typically use a zero coupon deals where these banks uh, or these, uh, these, these tenants and these buyers are securing like an Amazon or a Ford Motor, a very, very, you know, credit worthy tenant. And they negotiate with the banks to get a very high loan to value. Okay, so typically about 85% LTV. And they call it zero coupon because the bank says we'll give you this huge loan to value so that investors can come in via the 1031 Delaware uh, as a partial interest, but they can replace that debt. So in his scenario, he only had to put down about 150,000 to replace about a million dollars of debt. And so step one, we send the funds to a qualified intermediary. Step two, he does a partial Delaware, replace the debt. The debt's not in his name. It's non-recourse, but it, it basically solves that income tax problem. That's what would have happened. He would have got hammered with not only capital gains tax, but ordinary income tax on about a million dollars, which would have been huge. And so we structured that part of it. And then the next part, we moved the rest of it into the deferred sales trust. And he, he, he loved it because it solved those problems. So that's the key. At the end of the day, I always look at like in a Rubik's Cube. Victor and everyone shows up with a little bit different colors on different sides. And if you were to move this thing around, it's going to be different for everybody. And our goal is to try to get congruency with tax flow, with cash flow, with estate tax, with retirement or entrepreneurial journeys as much as we can. It's never going to be perfect, but that's kind of a scenario. Hopefully that kind of answers the question, Victor. I think it does. Now, the zero coupon is a whole thing onto its own. And I've seen them, for example, uh, done with CVS pharmacies and things like that as well. Uh, can you Maybe expand on that a little bit more because I know that even of itself is a large topic. Yeah. And so again, what, why is it zero coupon? It doesn't mean it's zero cash flow. It just means zero of the cash flow is going to be paid to you, the investor, because the bank has basically negotiated with the owner to do basically like a fully amortizing loan. That's all of the cash flow is paying it off right away. And so what you have is a debt problem. And what we're going to do is use Amazon or CVS or Walgreens, the credit worthy tenant to produce all the cash flow to pay off the debt. And what's neat about it is Ron and his wife over the years, eventually that debt will keep getting paid down. And then once it, you know, basically equals their, you know, their basis, they can either sell and do a 1031 out of that, or they can just start getting the cash flow. And it's a heck of a deal because they would have paid, you know, let's say 30, 40%, you know, highest tax bracket in that. And so they go, well, I don't want to pay that. And I don't want to do the headaches of it all. And so the Delawares can be very, very favorable. The, de the downside of the Delawares is they're very high in fees, okay? As much as 15 cents of every dollar 
is going to the middlemen, okay? And I used to be one of those middlemen. I had my Series 22, 63 licenses, and it's huge fees, okay? And so only about 85 cents is actually hitting the real estate. Um, and so that's where you gotta be careful in some of these other Delaware deals. But they're great operators, great tenants, great locations, but typically not value-add properties. However, for specific circumstances of mortgage over basis, they can be an absolute home run. We, 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 we love those, but hopefully that answers the question, Victor. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. So let's talk a little bit more about the 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 DST and what some of the restrictions might be where, you know, who would be the ideal client for something like this? Yeah, let's start with like, why not use the deferred sales stress? Because sometimes people, they start hearing this, and they're like, man, this is sounds like the you know, the best of all best. But, you know, who is it not for? Right. And so if, if you're if you're really, really concerned with not having what's called unilateral control, and that's that's basically where you make every decision, you know, by yourself, and uh, and have and ha- and not want to work with a third-party trustee or other investment, you know, advisors like that, it may not be a great fit. Right? So it does take like a team, and by the way, the team is the tax attorney, there's the trustee, and there's a third-party financial advisor. We work with some of the top in the country. Then we work with other multifamily and syndicators and investors and developers, and some people put it all into the stock market. Some people put a mixture into, into, into some development deals, and they diversify. So just realize that you can, you want to work if you work on a team, and if you don't, then it's probably not great for you. Um, you got to be aware of the fees, right? And the, the deal has to be big enough. So if, you're, if your liability is typically not 250 to, to to 450 in liability, which means your gain needs to be about a million dollars, okay, then it's not a great fit because the ROI, your return on your investment, the fees, i.e. the fees that you would have, you would have paid, is not great. So you got to make sure the deal is big enough, right? It's big enough. And, and what does it work for? It works for primary homes, business sales, LP positions, GP positions, carried interest, captive insurance, cryptocurrency. We just closed a $5 million cryptocurrency deal when it was at 54,000 a coin, Bitcoin. This is a few months back. Bitcoin's now really, you know, took a, took a hit here. Uh, but she was able to exit and diversify. We did another $13.5 million deal for a client, which by the way, this is kind of an interesting topic. You know, Celsius has been crushed, right? Billions yes. of dollars. Yeah. And he actually had 30% of his $13.5 million in Celsius. And this is a case in point for the Deferred Sales Trust. He was able to sell of the $13.5 million, he took $7.5 million to the Deferred Sales Trust where values are still pretty high for Ethereum okay, and Bitcoin. And he's able to diversify into some of the biggest companies in the world, S&P 500, and he's waiting for real estate values to drop. And so he's really happy he did all that. But I called him up the other day and I said, hey, I saw Celsius get hit. What do you think? And this gentleman worked for Ripple. I mean, he, you know, XRP, he's, he's a technologist. He's brilliant. And he said, well, Brett, his name is Peter. He said, Brett, I'm really glad I used the Deferred Sales Trust because I was able to diversify and get it out of Celsius because he goes, guess what? I'm probably going to lose about a million dollars. I don't know for sure if I get any of that money back. And I go, well, what would it have been had you not got out on the Deferred Sales He goes, well, about maybe like three or four million dollars because, you know, so this is the reality. We think the Deferred Sales Trust is perfect for times like this where you can sell high, you can pay off debt. If you need to do a little bit of a Delaware, we do that. But otherwise, you diversify the wealth and you get into the blue ocean. Right, the blue ocean is being calm and patient, and you dollar cost average, and you diversify with different projects, different real estate, passive or active, some in the stock market. And the point is, you go into maybe more of a preservation mode until deals make sense. And by the way, if deals do make sense, this is the this is the cool part of the deferred sales trust. You can still partner with the trust and go do your own deal. So it's not like we're taking away. I don't want you to think like, oh, I got to be passive forever. Not at all. 
In fact, we have a client, $2.6 million sale of a business, deferred all the tax, and then he partnered with the trust via an LLC where he has ownership of that LLC, okay? Mm-hmm. In fact, he's the managing member and he's running that deal. The trust is a silent joint venture partner and he built in his building 72 units in Tennessee, all tax deferred, right? Which is a powerful way. It's the same thing my clients are gonna do out of San Diego. They're gonna partner with the trust. They're gonna go buy the land. They're gonna use the money in the trust to build the project. And it's an extra 40% from their gain that they're able to use that they would have just paid in tax. And this is why it's good for the government and good for everybody else too, right? Think about that. These owners may not have even sold that car wash if it wasn't for the tax deferral opportunity with the deferred sales trust and or they won't even take those funds to go do other business projects if it wasn't for the ability to create even more wealth with it. So it's really a win-win for everybody, but it's knowing the mechanics and it's knowing how to execute the plan, if that makes sense, Victor. Absolutely. Well, Brett, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? They can go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. We've got a YouTube channel with, uh, I don't know, probably 500 videos and amazing guests like Victor, who's been on the show as well. Um, we're also coming in with a brand new book. It's called Building a Tax-Deferred Exit Strategy. And look for that on Amazon here in the next 30 days. And what's cool is I try to bring in, you know, they say, Victor, get in the room with really smart people, right? And so I try to bring in really smart people like like the Joe Fairlesses, uh, like uh, the Don, uh, David Youngs, and a guy like uh, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. So they're all sure. in the book. And we're talking about building wealth, you know, exiting, you know, deferring tax. And so look for building a tax deferred exit strategy in Amazon near you. And then we're also, uh, we have a podcast called um, Expert CRE Secrets, where we, we interview, um, you know, top commercial real estate experts and others on business and leadership. So those are the places to find me. Fabulous. Well, definitely you want to connect with Brett at capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. 